Welcome to Albuquerque Real Estate Talk. This week, we're going to talk about surveys and why you get them and what they're all about on a home purchase, as well as the Albuquerque Home Show is this weekend. We'll get into that. Um, story of Rio Rancho, there was a great story on that. We'll talk about that, as well as uh, home affordability, uh, median time that people stay in their home. The 10-year is more than 10 years now. And we're going to talk about top 10 fe home features in Albuquerque that add value, according to a recent report. And um, that'll be, be very interesting. Tracy, it is uh, episode 481. It's mid or almost end of February 2024. It's Tigo and Tracy Venturi, Venturi Group of Real Broker. And you can reach us at 505-448-8888. All right, Tracy, let's jump right into the first and foremost thing is the home show is this weekend. So the Albuquerque home show is at the, uh, the state fairgrounds, or we don't call it the Expo state fairgrounds. New Mexico. That's right. We don't call it the fairgrounds anymore. Yeah. yeah. Boy, we used to love to do that when our kids were little, go uh -huh. to the home shows and we were about to build our house and we got all sorts of great ideas and uh, had, a, had a good time. So yeah, so just Google it, Albuquerque Home Show. You can, uh, I, I believe tickets are free. Admission is free. However, you do have to pay to park at right. the expo. Yeah. Typical. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check it out. It, it should be really interesting if you're a homeowner and you're just kind of curious what products, what services are available to you. It's always a good one to go and check out. So that's, that's right. this weekend. Also this weekend, we've got a lot of open houses. What I would suggest to all of you is get on our website, welcomehomeabq.com. We have a tab for open houses, so it will show all of the open houses from all realtors that ha have put them in the multiple listing service. So you won't be limited just to the ones Venturi Realty Group is holding open, but everything in the, in the metro area that's been listed as having an open house this weekend. However, we would love to put that route together for you and get you inside homes that might not be open, so if, if that's the case, give us a ring and we can put that together for you. Great, Tracy. We had uh, an opportunity to have a title inspector in our office here last week, or title underwriter is his. Title examiner? Examiner, thank you. So what that is, that's the person that makes the decision on title insurance for a property. And just as a refresher, title insurance is an insurance policy that that guarantees you own the property that you are purchasing in there they're backing that you have proper proper ownership of that. But one of the things he brought up and and sounds like is one of the bigger issues that come up is um, surveys or surveys not being done or surveys missing information and then the different types of surveys. So survey is a- Like the a, land survey you're talking about, not a questionnaire, a land survey. Correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah, and so that means that's where somebody that's licensed to, to do this work goes out, looks at the property and or measures the property to verify it is what it is and it is where it's supposed to be. Um, but there's two different types of surveys that, that we generally see. I mean, there's more than the two, but let's just talk about the two, the ILR and then the stake survey. And so an ILR is an improvement location report. And on every written improvement location report, it says this is not a survey. This is not a survey. So, but that's typically what we see people getting as they're showing the lot lines and the property, the, the building on the property. Um, that's what's most common when we work with residential real estate. Yeah. And, and so what that means is 
the improvement loca- location report is exactly what it is. It's somebody verifying that the improvements are on the property. So that that's the house, that's any patios, any structures, uh, even walls um, are there. It could be also uh, easements or encroachments as well. Right. And it's really important because what we know from doing real estate for 20 some years and having great resources like that title examiner come in and talk to us is it's not that unusual to have a problem where a a fence isn't really the property line or the neighbor's swimming pool is actually partially on your land or there are certain areas you know when you're buying a house there's certain areas that maybe are where you aren't supposed to build something there's some easements there maybe for utilities or things so well, you, or or setbacks, which is a, a common thing, meaning, okay, you can't build within five feet of the side property line or 20 feet of the front property line or, or, or things like that. So um, another thing very common in, in New Mexico and, and especially some of the kind of maybe more rural areas, valley and some other locations <clears throat> is don't trust what the fence is. Right. Don't trust the fence. The mm-hmm. fence doesn't mean that that is the property line. That is not not always the case. Right. Yep. And if for some reason you're buying a piece of property, maybe it's Placidas or it's Corrales or the Valley somewhere or East Mountains, and your um, fence, maybe the neighbor's fence is really on your property and they're using that land, you know, then we we need to get together and put some agreements together so that it doesn't become forever somebody else's land. Right. So and the other type of survey we we kind of been talking about the the ILR here, but the other is of course the staked survey. They call it a staked boundary survey. And so what it, you know, staked boundary survey again, exactly what it says. It's where uh, somebody that's a licensed surveyor goes out and actually locates the corners of the property, so you know exactly where the property lines are. Uh, many times you'll find the old markers. It could be a piece of rebar. It could be a stake. It could be something else. Uh, however, that's still, you know, until you actually have a survey physically go out there, do the measurements with all their fancy equipment to make sure um, it, it's it's super important, especially, again, in the uh, rural areas for sure. So two things about that. If you've had um, found the pins in the ground, the metal pins, sometimes there's a big stake there with a flag on it just to help find it. But if you have those on your property, good thing to do would be to flag them so that they don't get lost. They don't get pulled out that, you know, they can easily be found so that, you know, those are your corners. Um, The other thing is um, the the fence line like so making sure if you get an improvement location report and you decide you're going to add fencing or walls or something that you get pins in the corners so that you know this is really the lot line right yeah because we've had people put up walls where they thought the line was based on natural um the land right landmarks yeah landmarks or what it what seemed logical and then we find out later that it wasn't the corners um so you don't want to make that mistake yeah and the other thing is there'll be situations where there's been a fence there for 50 years and everybody just thought that's where the property line was so it's always 
pretty important to get that stuff verified when you're when you're buying property. And one last thing on land surveys is keep a copy of that written report because if you go to refinance your property at some point and it's still accurate, you haven't added any extra structures or things to it, um, you can reuse it and save yourself a little bit of money. Typic Very, typically. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Tracy, this article, uh, this KO, okay. So Rio Rancho, we we all are familiar with you know Rio Rancho that that live here in New Mexico. Rio Rancho is a community that that it, it's got a, a really interesting history because uh, let's be honest, it was a a land scam um, back in the day. So uh, you know AMREP, which is is American Re Realty and Petroleum Corporation, bought fifty five thousand acres back in the 60s, and that's when the whole thing kind of kicked off. But anyway, KOAT did uh, a great uh, article on this as well as a, a news report on it. So you can find find both of them on uh, KOAT uh, website. Yeah. So, Tigo, um, we know Rio Rancho really well. Our office is close by. We've sold a lot of properties in Rio Rancho. And like me personally, I think I've been involved in over 200 transactions of land in Rio Rancho, which means that's why I had to get an SUV, right? Because of I was off road yeah. a lot, finding, oh, yeah, yeah, finding lots in Rio Rancho. It really did help because it's pretty far out there all the way, you know, to the escarpment. But um, what's interesting is it, it how it's grown, right? By like 1977, there, there was, you know, very few people living there, right? And then Intel came along and started out very small and then went to this huge fab, which really brought jobs. Um, what we know though, and the story points out that still 50 south, 57,000 people living in Rio Rancho are in, in the job market, right? In the labor force, but there's only 20,000 that actually work in Rio Rancho. And some people from Albuquerque go to Rio Rancho to work. So yeah. what, what that means is... We see that every day at our office on, on Alameda. A, right. Yeah, what that means directions, is yes. a lot of people come down that hill every day to go to work somewhere not in Rio Rancho. So right. they really, you know, are working on um, community... or developing other jobs and employers for Rio Rancho. It's interesting because because in the article they do um they do talk to a few people that we know in the real estate community, you know, other realtors who've been there and lived there and have seen it change. So it's kind of exciting. It's a, a well-done article. Yeah, it's an interesting story because it did kind of start out with eh, kind of a shady, let's call it start because it was, you know, the this kind of mass mail um, you know, $10 down, $10 a month, get your little piece of heaven in the West. And they were hitting up people back East to, to buy this land. And, you know, there's that classic movie, Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross, where, where they're selling real estate and you know, they, use, they, they use Rio Rancho as the example. Um, it, the thing they, is though, it's now grown into a really great city and it's, and it's known for right now, Low crime, good schools. I know. I was going to say this is not advice. We're just saying based on the statistics. Known for. It's known for, you know, good schools, low crime com and, compared you know, to other areas. Originally, Tigo, it was touted as a retirement place. That's how they were sort of um, selling it, right? They were going and having these dinner parties back east and a lot of New Yorkers moved out. You know and what, now. You know what one of the, log the slogans were back um, in the day in, the, in their, their marketing brochures was your half acre of heaven in Rio Rancho Estates. Yeah, and there was really not much there. 
the the photos. So we have some of the original marketing materials since we were doing a lot of Rio Rancho business. And, and they had the pictures of people with fishing poles next to the river and people in swimming pools and public parks and um, tennis courts and things. And none of that existed, right? They, were, they had showed people playing alongside our river, you know. Like that didn't happen. Well, actually, it was it was the lake. What's the lake up in the the Jemez? Um, Heron. Heron. No, not no. not Heron. I, I can't. Sorry. I'm, it's, anyway, it's, yeah. it, Fe Fenton. Fenton. Yeah, Fenton. It's you know they have an image like Fenton Lake is just like right there. Right. Uh, in in some of their marketing stuff. So it, one one last thing I wanted to hit on this because there is a, a, a there is a story that says you know some of the executives with with Amrep, which was the the company went went to prison right um the thing that's interesting about that story it has nothing to do with the actual land sales everybody just kind of assumes that that's what it was about but it was actually just the way they were doing business and cooking the books basically and it was security fraud is, is really what they they ended up getting uh, charged with now their reputation probably didn't help them in their defense uh, you know, the whole, the whole land thing, but anyway, it's interesting. It's an interesting story and it was great to see KOA, you know, do a deep dive on this. KOAT. Yeah. KOAT. So, yes. Tigo, I would, let me finish. So it started out kind of like to be a retirement community and it slowly switched because it was more affordable housing than Albuquerque. And it became a place where younger families could go. And so it kind of switched very quickly once houses started still started going up and being affordable and people could commute into Albuquerque, uh, they're quoted one of them saying, you know, it was a 20 minute drive to the airport back when they moved there, which, yeah, that's changed. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's still a great place. Interesting thing on that is that it, Rio Rancho median price for homes and price per square foot is higher than Albuquerque. Now you have to take into account Albuquerque is much larger and there's much older homes and all that stuff. But it is interesting that you do see a, a higher price now in Rio Rancho on average than you do for city of Albuquerque proper. So congratulations to all of you who bought in to Rio Rancho a few years ago yeah. because prices are up. So yeah. interesting story. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. And, and, uh, it, it was great to see that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. so do we talk about uh, our affordable housing problem again? Another story? Yeah, I'm afraid this just keeps resurfacing because it's not going away. Right. So a couple of weeks ago, Tracy, we did a store. We we did a, a deep dive. We did a whole show on uh, yeah, yeah, just housing affordability in uh, New Mexico, housing affordability in general. Some of the solutions, some of the tools and products that are available to to help people. You know, mortgage products, purchase products, all, all different kinds of things. Um, homes, uh, pro, you know, voucher programs or loan assistance programs like the mortgage finance authority programs. But it's not going away. And so there was a, a, a story uh, also, uh, this was from the journal, Stephen uh, Hamway, um, who does a lot of housing reporting. Um, they said that, you know, the, the New Mexico Housing Co Coalition um, did a study and found that we are 32,000 units short of what is need to, to house the poorest re residents. And it's due to a uh, shortage of, of units. And it also revealed that 218,000 households in the state are considered cost burdened, meaning that more than 30% of their income is 
uh, going toward their their housing expenses. Yeah. And, you know, that that number of 32,000 affordable housing units short is just the affordable housing units short we are. Not not all the rest of the housing units were short that are not, that are unaffordable, that are yeah, unaffordable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and just to put a perspective on this, so it's a 218,000 are uh, uh, cost burdened. There's about 800 and 800 or so thousand housing units in New Mexico. So say about 25% of people are housing cost burdened in New Mexico. And that, Which, that's not just purchase. That, this includes people renting as exactly, well. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. People, I I people renting right paying more yeah. than 30% of what they make for yeah. whatever their housing is. Well, and, and, and of course, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but more people are uh, cost burdened on the renting side than they are on the purchase side. Yep. Shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but that that is that is definitely, definitely the case on that. So interesting article, Tico. Top 10 home features in Albuquerque that oh, add value. You were, like, you were yelling at this one. Well, I was, I was excited to see what a survey said the top 10 home features in Albuquerque are that add value. They add value to your home, right? So I was thinking, wow, this is going to be interesting. Well, it is interesting, but I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to blow through them real quick. Number one, sprinkler system. Number two, Jack and Jill bathroom. Number three, French doors. Modern architecture. One story, tile backsplash, large pantry, basketball court, large walk-in closet, and jacuzzi. I mean, come on. Tile backslash adds value. I mean, how much value? I think, but a basketball court? Like, how many houses in Albuquerque have a basketball hey, you know, court? Co um, Cooper used to have a house in Corrales. Yeah, Michael Cooper did. But I don't think he had a, a, a vineyard. I don't think he had a basketball yeah. court. So then there's another one, another category, the most popular. These home features and designs appeared to be in most homes for sale and most popular. An office. Um, new construction, a basement. <laughs> in New Mexico? <laughs> yeah, we mm -hmm. have very few basements. Natural gas utilities, uh, fireplace, family room, pool, master bedroom, fence and tile. I, I think what this, what this tells me, it illustrates that data can't tell you everything. Data, just raw data can't answer very specific questions because what I think they did is they this is Redfin and they looked at all the homes for sale and they looked at what features were you know selected and in AI probably looked at exactly so it's they looked at the features of of the homes that were for sale homes that sold and so they were they put together um, the survey based on just those things that they found when they were looking at all the the listings and yeah. so we know that that's not very accurate it's interesting but but we also know that there's so much more to it until you actually get in the house and there's just things that are these intrinsic things that you can't just say oh it has towel black backsplash so it's worth more right well and you know what was i expecting when i opened the article you know of what home features added value i i think it was going to be more of you know solid surface countertops custom cabinetry um you know and that's what we've seen over the years uh, the the remodel what is it remodeling council i think is the group the organization 
and they always do that and they always put together uh, information on that. And it's always really the, the same, the same things, right? It's kitchen upgrade. If the kitchen is old and tired, it, it doesn't mean that if it's a decent kitchen and you spend 300, you know, $30,000 to upgrade, it doesn't mean you're going to get it. But if you got a really old, tired kitchen and the neighborhood supports it and you spend 30,000 on that kitchen, you, you're probably going to recoup that. I mean, right. that's what the value. Do. Well, right. that's what flippers do all the time. Right. They go in, they put in new lighting, they refresh everything, they upgrade bathrooms, kitchen, flooring, windows, kind of windows freshen things up. Um, so that's what I was expecting to see when I opened the article. But it's interesting, you <laughs> it know, it, it, it caused a, a smirk. Yeah. So um, anyway, and, you know, not everybody in New Mexico has a natural gas line. A lot of people are on propane. So I can see why people would want natural gas. Natural gas. We are New Mexico. You got to have natural gas. Yeah, we well, are the natural gas state. A lot of propane around our state. Uh, um, well, yeah. Um, okay, go ahead. Sorry, you had no, something else. You're going to talk about how long people stay in their homes. We used to look at how long people would stay in homes and we would say things like, oh, it's six, seven, maybe eight years. The thing that's interesting now is based on national data, um, in 20, I guess it was in 2021, we peaked out where people were staying in their home for 13 years or more Wow! on average across, again, that's across the country. So it's different everywhere. Now it's dropped back down. They're saying in 2023 to 12 years, but that's still 12 years. People on average are staying in their home for 12 years. Think about the reasons right now. I mean, I why people could stay in their home longer. You used to have to move for work. A lot of people don't have to move for work now. They can work from home um, or be online to work and only have to show up to work at a, a business every once in a while. So um, we have one of those. We have somebody who works out of state, comes in for our big meetings and things and goes back. You know, yeah. I mean, they didn't have to move, move. They can still work from afar. So some of that's happening. Plus just people are not needing to move. Well, it's interesting. So it peaked out, you know, kind of uh, mid pandemic, let's say uh, in, in 20, early 2021 um, at 13 years. And now it's dropped down to just about 12 years. So it's, it's pulled back. I suspect this is going to start ticking back up again because now we've had about a year and a half of these higher mortgage rates. So mid 22, Mortgage rates went up a lot, more than double. And now people are saying, wait, I don't want to move out of that 4% mortgage. I don't want to move out of that 3% mortgage. But I think we're actually going to see these numbers uh, tick up again and people aren't going to be moving as as often. I would agree. I think the, you know, the tick downward is there were people during the pandemic that didn't move, that waited. And once the pandemic was over, we saw people move. So that brought that number down a little bit. Also in the survey, they looked at it in different communities. Unfortunately, Albuquerque doesn't make the list. A lot of times when you're talking about the top, you know, even 50 metros, I think we're 61 in the country population wise or for, for our, our MSA. However, it's interesting that Los Angeles, San Jose, San Francisco, um, a lot of these California markets are very high in the list and they're all very expensive markets. The other one that I thought was interesting, it's high on the list, was Cleveland, and average time on uh, a home is 17 years. Hmm. And and I don't think of Cleveland as a expensive market. I think it's more of a moderate market. 
it's just just kind of interesting. But California has a problem because of their Prop 13, which which locks people in at a low tax rate. Right. And so if they don't sell their home, they they their get tax keep, rates stays they, favorable. Their, their tax rate stays stays favorable. New Mexico has something very similar. It's a three percent cap per year if it's your your primary residence you're living in the house your your property taxes can only increase three percent per year even if your home value has gone up a lot and in new mexico upon sale it can the value of your property can become the value of what it really is so the property taxes can go up significantly more than three percent upon sale for the new buyer yeah when i had damian laura here uh from the burnley account county tax assessor we talked about that when 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 the property sells you get reassessed and you're gonna you're gonna be taxed at the new value whatever whatever the the new current value is which is why as realtors we are required to have a document that discloses what the new tax could be based on the sale price and the buyer has to sign off on that yeah and that goes back to Tax lightning. Yeah, tax. Well, it, it it's just another reason that people are going to stay in their homes longer, right? Their property taxes, you know, if they, they look at and say, okay, my property taxes are going to go up. My interest rate is going to go up. If I move, it's going to keep people in their house longer. And let's, let's, let's jump to that real quick. Just a quick look at the, the housing market here in Albuquerque. Okay. For this time of year, February, end of February, it's common that we'll start to see an increase in the number of homes coming on the market this time of year, going into March and and so on. Um, So far, we haven't seen it. So far, it's been pretty flat, the number of people listing their homes on the market. We're still uh, very low inventory, um, not a a whole lot of movement, um, not much different than what we saw last year, which was, to be honest, kind of a sluggish year in, in sales. And it looks like it's it's that way again. But we know it's the demand is there. The buyers are out there. They're looking for homes, but we do have, still have limited supply. So it's a strange thing where we have limited supply. Or let me rephrase. Let me say it this way: We have low demand, but we still have very low supply. So they're both low, which means that you you can't get movement in prices down. Uh, down because there's still demand for for what we do have available. That was a very long way to say that, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm not sure I quite followed it because I feel like there's plenty of demand based on how many houses are available for sale. So it's still a seller's market generally. We still have more buyers wanting to buy than we have homes for sale. What she said, much more clear than what I said. Yeah. That was go. that was good. That okay. was that was the Chat GPT summary of my long-winded explanation of of how the market is. So there we um, go. Yeah. So if you're looking to buy, um, you know, you, you just have to continue to be ready to to go because good homes do sell fast still in this market. And if you want to talk about real estate, that's what we do. We're the Venturi Group with Real Broker. You can reach us at uh, 505-448-8888. Any last words, Tracy? Have a great weekend. And if you see anything interesting at the home show, make sure to call us and tell us about it. I want to know what's going on because we are going to be unavailable this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good problem now. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for joining. Take care.